0: Welcome to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. I'm Lynn Wilder.
1: And I'm Michael Wilder.
0: And I don't know if you can hear, there's a little construction going on uh, next door to us today. Many of you know that we were in Hurricane Ian a year ago, um, and there was quite a bit of destruction around here. Here we are a year later, and folks are still trying to put their homes back together. God is good. Right, um, right. This is part two with Paul Nuremberg. Yes. Paul is part of a new book called Responding to the Mormon Missionary Message. Paul's a former Mormon missionary, now believer in the Jesus of the Bible. And he has a wonderful podcast called Out of Brightness. We will link to it um, so that you can find him. Welcome back, Paul. He's kind of in the middle of his story. He's been telling us some of the things that have caused him to question Mormonism.
1: Yeah. So he's just about ready to get off your Mormon mission, if I recall now. And you decide to become an archeologist, if I recall. Uh, and you're, you've, you've got like four PhDs and you're going back uh, to the Americas and you're going to find empirical evidence of the Book of Mormon. Uh, find the original book Manuscripts of the Book of Mormon uh, and everything else. So, uh, is that correct? And and you found that right? Is that is that where we're going?
2: Yeah, that was my daydream. That's not what what happened in reality, though. <laughs> okay, give us an update. So yeah, so I, I I came home from my Mormon mission in 1999 in May. And um, started to research my questions, immediately signed up for any resources that I could get my hands on related to uh, any archaeological finds in Central America or anywhere that might um, support the Book of Mormon. So one of those resources was uh, a journal called the Journal of Book of Mormon Studies, which was published uh, by the Foundation for Ancient Research and Mormon Studies out of BYU. And um, started getting that journal and reading it during my lunch breaks at work. And quickly found that each article in there would tend to look at s- uh, some piece of evidence, Izapa uh, Ste- Steely 5, for example, um, that was previously believed to be um, uh, a representation of Lehi's dream in 1st Nephi chapter 8. Uh, and each article in there would look at something that was previously thought to be an evidence, ancient evidence for the Book of Mormon and say, you know, further research kind of shows that that's not really what this is. It's it's actually this, but it might be still what we think it is kind of approach. And um, that kind of started to bother me because I wanted some, some empirical uh, proof for what I believed. Um, I'd always kind of thought that the a story about the coming forth of the Book of Mormon, golden plates from an angel, uh, miraculous translation abilities from one language to another uh, without having ever studied languages. I always thought that was kind of far-fetched but I you know it seemed, well miracles happened so I was willing to to grant it uh, some sense of belief um, until this point in my life I, I really started to struggle with that. So
0: um, so let me ask you this question at this point. Did you know at the time that there were such evidences for the Bible, but not for the Book of Mormon?
2: Yes, Uh, though I didn't dig into it deeply. um, My mom had, uh, I'm not sure when she started subscribing to it, but she started subscribing to a a journal or a magazine called Biblical, Biblical Archaeology that had articles about um, different archaeological fa- finds in the in Middle East that supported uh, this, the story of the Bible, um, and she gave me a couple of copies of that um, that I that I kept around. But I, I was really more interested in, in wanting to know: is my Mormon faith reliable? Um, and so I didn't really look at those art, those magazines too deeply. But I did I was aware that there were um, similar art or, or yeah similar magazines that tried to do the same thing uh, for the Bible. And that did do the same thing, did do the, the, the background for the Bible. Um, and, uh, but about a month or so after I came home from my mission, um, I, I, this is kind of a funny story. I, 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 was working at an electronics firm where my dad worked. Uh, I was working in the shipping department. We would ship out, um, the, the, the company made, um, the ratings boxes for AC Nielsen. And we would pack those up and ship them out. And I I was in that shipping department with a friend of mine from high school uh, who was also a return missionary. And he would come in on Mondays and tell me about these group dates that he went on with another friend of his. um, And they would meet uh, girls from this website called LDSmatchmaker.com. And he would come in with these crazy stories that they went on these dates with these girls and the girls – presented themselves one way online and when they met in person they were not that way and it was kind of it was a it was really new like and for me we didn't use the internet at all when I was in high school hardly at all um and so coming home from my mission it was a new world 1999 it it had really kind of taken off while I was gone um and so it was we sat there at work thinking wow this is you can meet girls online and go on dates and so we we decided that we would do A scientific uh study. Uh, we would create a profile of ourselves on this site to see if his other friend was was right about the girls that were on the site. Were they all uh crazy or weird? So uh I created a profile for myself and happened to meet my wife Angela. Um, she was a new convert to Mormonism from the Cincinnati area. And she had been, she had met with the missionaries and been baptized into the LDS church just two weeks before I returned from my mission. So we viewed that as providence. Wow. God had prepared her for me. Um, so we we kept up a long distance relationship for about six months before I moved out to the Cincinnati area at the end of 1999. Um, and then we, we married in May of 2000, uh, just a little under a year uh, after we'd met. And we married in the LDS Temple in Bountiful, Utah. So we were sealed to each other. Um, I began a career in the health insurance industry, and I started taking night classes at the local university. Um, when, when we got married, Angela already had, uh, two little girls from a previous relationship. And, uh, after our son was born in 2001, I adopted our tol- two oldest daughters and we went back to the, uh, bountiful Utah temple in 2003, uh, to have them sealed to us.
0: Mm.
2: So, um, we were doing the whole, uh, Mormon family thing. Right. Um, mm. and, but throughout our early marriage, I continued to have doubts and continue to research. Um, one thing happened in particular, I, I mentioned, I started a career in the health insurance industry. There was a security guard at, at the building where I worked, uh, an older woman named Charlotte, an African-American woman. And I would take the mail ro- mail down to the mail room a couple of times a day and pick up mail from the mail room. So I'd always stop and talk to Charlotte. Uh, she was very nice. And um, we would have conversations about religion. And i you know, let her know that I was Mormon and I gave her a book of Mormon. I was doing the whole every Mormon, every member a missionary thing. And um, she took the book of Mormon and started to read it. I sent the missionaries to her. She started to meet with them. Uh, things were looking good. And then uh, one day I went into work and she had a stack of papers that her pastor had printed out from her, for her from the internet. And, uh, you know, it was all about uh, problematic aspects of LDS church history and and that type of thing. And she handed them to me with the book of Mormon that I'd given her. And she said, I can't, I can't continue learning about your faith. I'm I'm a Christian and it just looks like it's not true. And my response to her and that stack of papers was, well, I mean, anybody can say anything on the internet. That doesn't mean it's true. Right. I was just in denial, mm-hmm. but I took that stack of papers and really started to research on some of the things that were in there. Um, and started to buy books uh, because I wanted to go to the original sources. I wanted to see um, what are the actual teachings of Brigham Young, John Taylor. So I started to get my hands on on books where I could read those. Uh, These were the early uh, uh, post-Joseph Smith uh, leaders of the LDS Church. And the more I researched, the more troubled I became, the more questions I started to line up. And, um, you know, as as Latter-day Saints, we often used to say, you know, put your questions on the shelf. You pull them down every once in a while. You You research and then you put them back up on the shelf. Um, Well, eventually the shelf breaks and and mine did. And I remember after my shelf broke, uh, when that comes down, when that shelf comes down, everything is gone because your whole relationship with God is tied up with the LDS church. Um, So if the LDS church isn't true, then you question everything. And I remember having a a tear filled conversation with, with Angela in our kitchen um, just about a year after we were married that I wasn't sure I believed in God anymore. And um I prayed a lot during that time, did a lot of journaling, and I started to go back and read through my mission journals because I wanted to try to reconnect, rekindle that fire I'd once felt for Mormonism. And as I was reading through my mission journals, I found uh you'll you'll recognize this this photo. It's the the Dale Parsons photo of Jesus, right? Or yeah. painting of Jesus, yeah. right? Yeah. And one of my missionary training center instructors had had us paste this in our journals when I was there. And he told us, your, your goal on your mission is to bring souls to Christ. Um, and then he wanted us to write our name. So I wrote Elder Nurnberg. Uh, you did your best to do this. In some wonderful cases, you were allowed to help in that process. But how about yourself now? Where do you stand? Did you come to Christ? So I found that and I realized, you know, if I don't believe in Mormonism, at least I can build my foundation on Christ. Hmm. So that's what I decided yeah. to do from that point forward. Um, and then for the, so for the next uh, eight or so years, that's what I tried to do within the Mormon church. Um,
0: wow, that's a long so, time.
2: Yeah, I have a hard head, you know? So as God was trying to to draw me th- by his spirit to his son, I was resisting, you know? Um, I wanted to, to stay within Mormonism. I wanted to make Mormonism work for me. Um, so I continued to research, but I also, um, after our son was born, uh, there was uh, the necessity that I, I drop out of school and start working two jobs to make ends meet. Um, mm. So that's what I was doing. I was going to my day job in the morning and I was uh, driving pizza at night, delivering pizza at night. Mm. And um, in my on my commute in the morning, I would listen to Christian radio and I would hear um, teachings from like R.C. Sproul. And David Jeremiah, and Chip Ingram, and then in the evening while I was driving pizza, I would listen to uh, Jay Vernon McGee's through the Bible and um, the Bible Answer Man with Hank Hanegraaff. Mm-hmm. And so I was getting a lot of Christian teachings, and every I was I was thrilled with what I was learning. Um, but at every step of the way, I was trying to make it work with Mormonism. Like, okay, I. I believe in Jesus, um, but it's gotta, it's gotta work with Mormonism somehow. Um, so, um, you know, I felt that pressure to be a Peter priesthood, so to speak, uh, for the, for listeners who don't know what that means. Um, all, all males in the LDS church are, are are allowed to hold the, the LDS priesthood. And, um, the idea of being a Peter priesthood is being that perfect uh, priesthood holder in your home. You lead your home in righteousness. You you make sure your home is faithful. Uh, you make sure your family is faithful. So I continued to serve in callings in the LDS church and do my best to lead my family. And I, I hid a lot of the research that I was doing from Angela. And then there was one day when um, she found a book that I was reading that I'd hid under the sink in one of our bathrooms. And she confronted me <laughs> And she told me that she also had read a lot of the book and it was deeply troubling to her. It was um, In Sacred Loneliness, which is a mm-hmm. book about the uh, many wives of Joseph Smith from their, in their own words. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: And um, she she asked me a question that day that I had difficulty answering. She, she asked, do you even believe that we have the truth? And I had to answer that I didn't know at that time. Um, but she asked that we not hide things from each other and that we have open conversations about what we were learning about mormonism mm-hmm. um so we did that but we continued to be active and serving callings in the lds church for a number of more years um but then around 2007 i read several books uh like uh, there was one called how wide the divide which mm-hmm. is uh, a, an lds scholar and a and a christian pastor uh, would would have conversations about um what the differences are between biblical Christianity and Mormonism. Um, another one was uh, claiming Christ, um, and I read those books, and I really started to long for the kind of grace-filled relationship that Jesus, with Jesus, that uh, the evangelicals in those books described, and and the young Baptist couple that I had met on my mission described. Um, and so as I was as I was growing, and and the father was drawing me to his son. Uh, Like I said, I was constantly trying to align my new beliefs with Mormonism. And I was constantly frustrated because it didn't really work. You couldn't do it. It's a different system. Um, The Mormon church is a system of works, um, works righteousness. So what you do determines your uh, place in the afterlife, your place in heaven. Mm -hmm. Um, And as it kind of became clear to me that, that neither Angela nor I Uh, really believed in the truth of Mormonism anymore I got really scared and I dug in my heels we had some some difficult conversations and I remember saying things like you know Mormons are my people Uh, I'll always be Mormon you know things like that Mm -hmm. and continued to push and serve in callings and tried to pull Angela along with me um, but she wasn't happy and our relationship suffered it it became strained Um, and through the throughout those years my father-in-law was pouring into my life in private conversations about Jesus. Um, he and my mother-in-law are Southern Baptists. And um, he, whenever he could find time to talk to me privately, he was, he was pouring into me. Mm. Um
0: Okay. So I'm going to stop you there for a second because I was going to ask you earlier about your father, where mm-hmm. he is with all of this. I haven't heard you mention him even when you were on your mission or you said you came home. You said you went to church with your mm-hmm. mom. So what what's that relationship been like through all of this?
2: Yeah, it's always been tough uh, between me and my dad uh, for various reasons that, that I can't really go into. But um Uh, I love my dad and, uh, you know, I I did try to understand him when I was on my mission. I I did ask him to send me a cassette tape uh, to record his testimony of of the LDS church and send that to me, which he did. Um, So uh, I've always tried to to build that relationship. Um, He and my mom actually ended up moving out here from Utah uh, to Kentucky in 2004. Um, The company that my dad was working for, the electronics firm, uh, went under and uh he was looking for a new job so uh he decided to, they decided to come out here he ended up getting a job out here at a local hospital um doing uh electronics work for them there and uh yeah so they lived here at the time that we were uh leaving the lds church um and and during the time that we were questioning and it was it was difficult because um there were periods of time when you know my dad would uh, try to bring people that we both knew into the LDS church. And some of them did come in and, and mm-hmm. join the LDS church. And, and I hear I'm struggling, you know, and he's, he's wanting me to be, to help him uh, be a member missionary. And I couldn't really do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was difficult for sure. Um, and I, I, you know, I mentioned that my, my marital relationship was strained and, and there was one time in in 2010 when Angela said, you know, we really need to talk. Um, I've been, like I said, I've been trying to drag her along to church for a long time. She wasn't happy. Um, and you know, I kind of figured maybe we were headed for divorce because a lot of times that happens when, when Latter-day Saints go through uh, a faith transition and leave the LDS church. And so we dropped the kids off with my parents and, um, went to a local, uh, park and nature reserve and sat down there on the lawn and, um. I th- I thought she was going to say she wanted a divorce but what she did say was that she couldn't go to the LDS church anymore that she needed to we needed to she needed to find a church where she could grow in Christ she came from that southern back baptist background and wanted to go back into a grace filled relationship and focus on Christ and so um all of my uh digging in my heels that I'd done previously it just wasn't there that evening I said you know okay let's go I was ready at that point um so we started uh, attending a few different local churches, trying them out for a week or two, um, and we we ultimately landed in a in a non denominational Christian church uh, that was right across the street from the LDS stake center where we'd been attending. Oh, we, had, goodness. <laughs> we had tried to avoid that church because it's right across the street, and we didn't want to be seen. Um, but at the same time, uh, when I was still going to the LDS church, and I'd be out in the the foyer with one of our children during sacrament meeting. I would see Christians going into the church across the street and they always looked so happy and excited to be going to worship. And that's not the way I felt at that time at all in the LDS church. So I was, I was very intrigued to see what that was about when we did decide to go there. And from, from week one, um, it was just so incredible to experience what it is to worship Mm
1: -hmm. God
2: for the first time and to worship Jesus um, without the messaging being tainted at all by narratives about Joseph Smith and his life and, um, what he did. Um, the difference was palpable immediately. And, um, so we started attending there and and studying. And, uh, a year later in, in August of 2011, um, I was ready to be baptized as a Christian. And so I was baptized into Christ and then turned and baptized my son at the same time. Mm. And, um, then later in that later that year, uh, started attending uh, Cincinnati Christian University, their seminary there, uh, and sought a Master of Divinity degree in Biblical Studies. Wow! And
1: um, you know that that's that's amazing. You know what I, I remember in, during that period of time, if I recall, um, President uh, Hinkley uh, was the prophet, and I remember him speaking one time uh, about do not study yourself out of the LDS church. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, you know, as you're speaking, that verse came back to my mind, which I heard so many times where he was, you know, telling young people, just accept the faith and don't study yourself out of of the church. Mm -hmm. And what's beautiful is that once you get into Christianity and the more you study, the closer you're drawn to Christ. Mm-hmm. It's, it doesn't work the opposite way. Uh, at least I have not seen anybody who's sincerely researching and trying to understand the Bible and who Jesus is and, and his disciples and so forth actually would study themselves out of Christianity. Mm-hmm. I, I can't comprehend that. And so it's such a beautiful story to see that, yes, you you go there and and when you mentioned about going to church and actually being able to worship, it is, wasn't it wonderful to sit there in church and not hear the name of Joseph Smith 10 times more than Jesus Christ? I mean, it, it, people laugh at me when I mention that. And I said, it's, it's true. You know, I was in the LDS church, it was just about someplace, you know, people always say, oh, it's all about Jesus. Well, you sit in a sacrament meeting and Joseph Smith comes up quite a bit, <laughs> yeah. uh, at least back when we were attending, you know, 2001, 2002, 2003 and so forth. Uh, so that's just a beautiful story that you're doing. And it's amazing how as your wife is sitting down and says, I, I need to go back to my roots, uh, you know, where she really felt that that compassion of grace, that mm-hmm. love of God because as you stated in mormonism you're always working to prove yourself to god and where god says i'm here i'm reaching out to you you know you you can't you can't do anything to earn my love i'm going to love you regardless of who you are And all we had to do is just reach out. And it's just a a beautiful, beautiful story. So we're
0: down to our last three or four minutes, Paul. Would would you speak please to other Mormons who may be questioning their faith? I would say probably half of our listeners are transitioning LDS who were curious about this other option. Can you give us a before and an after and maybe reasons why you're happy where you are?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So um, before I was always trying to justify myself before God, as you said, Michael, but also trying to justify Joseph Smith and what he taught, what he believed, what he practiced. And um, now I get to focus on Jesus and my relationship with him. And it's just a, it's a much more beautiful way to live um, it, it allows you to live outwardly focused on others and helping others uh, and being available to others. Um, and if I were to give one message to Latter-day Saints who are questioning now, I would say, focus on grace, study grace, understand what salvation by grace is all about. Um, because the teachings of Mormonism are very different than the gospel of grace is taught in the Bible. And I would also encourage them. I know there's, for me, there was a, a very much a pull to try to justify Joseph Smith, justify myself in believing in him as a prophet. Um, if you're questioning, I would say, let that go. Just focus on God, focus on Jesus, and focus on the Bible and study that. Um, because you can spend a lot of time and you can waste a lot of time uh, studying Joseph Smith and trying to make that work, uh, and it, it ultimately doesn't. Um, I, I wish I wouldn't have wasted so much time on it, but. It's my story, and 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 God uses various means to bring us to His Son, uh, and those are the means He used for me. But uh, I would I would encourage people to let it go.
0: Yeah. Have you yeah. used that MDiv um, degree? Did you go into ministry besides the podcast?
2: So I, I am not a, a full time pastor in any way whatsoever. Um, my preaching courses in seminary taught me that that is not my gift, not my skill set. Um, however, uh, the the podcast Outer Brightness is my ministry. Um, I continue my career in the in the health insurance industry, and I, I do the podcast and um, you know speak at churches whenever I can. Um, but uh, that's my ministry. So yeah, so yes, um, I I use it just not in the the traditional uh, go into the, the into pastoral ministry way. and yeah. the way you know,
0: that I, God I, intended for His purposes before the ages began, yeah, as He yeah. says.
2: You know, I just
1: love, Paul, when you were talking about how to focus in on Christ. And so many times we we lose that concept, especially people coming out of Mormonism. They start talking about just the history of Joseph Smith or the history of the LDS Church. And they get off on these different tangents and they take their eye off of who Christ is. And then they leave the LDS Church and then they go to some crazy other religious system or leave, leave it altogether and what's the beauty of that if you always keep your eye on christ then you're you're going to be okay because if you stay focused there then god will stay focused on you well he's always focused on you you just need to keep reaching up and he he will he will be there he will see you okay um he will pick you up and carry you when you need it need it at the most and uh, just the your experience to other people is that that's that's just great advice just focus yeah. in on christ because once you focus there you can't go wrong it's just impossible
2: yeah amen jesus told his disciples that uh you are the branches i am the vine as long as you remain connected to me you know, you'll grow and and live and you'll have life so um yeah stay connected to the vine
0: amen a wonderful word to end on Thank you, Paul. We will connect people both to the book and to your podcast on our website. Um, Grace and peace to you. Until next time.
1: Thanks so much, Paul, and may God bless.